Welcome to The Boyk Brief. I'm Desmond Strew, Marketing Director at the Charles E. Boyk Law Offices, located in Toledo, Ohio. The Boyk Brief invites you to go into chambers with the attorneys of Boyk Law as we explore real legal cases, talk to fascinating people in our area, raise awareness about community initiatives, and share helpful information about protecting yourself and those you love. In this episode, I sit down with someone very special in my life, my former boss at Susan G. Komen, Mary Westfall. Susan G. Komen is the world's largest breast cancer organization, and in honor of October being National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we wanted to give Mary an opportunity to talk about the current status of the fight against breast cancer and share about some changes happening within the Komen organization. We also shift gears and talk about Mary's fascinating career, and she even shares the story of how she won her husband at an auction. All of this coming up on The Boyk Brief. Welcome to The Boyk Brief. Thanks so much for joining us again today. In the studio, we have a very special guest, someone who is near and dear to my heart, certainly, and has played a tremendous role in both my personal and professional careers. She is an executive director with Susan G. Komen, the world's largest breast cancer organization, Mary Westfall. Welcome today. Hi, Desmond. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. And uh, so, Mary, you and I have known each other for going on five years, right? Correct. And uh, it was Mary Westfall who hired me to uh, join one of the most amazing teams in Northwest Ohio, the uh, Northwest Ohio Susan G. Komen team. And it was an absolutely amazing time. And I am so grateful for all that you taught me and all of the incredible experiences I had. Well, thanks, Desmond. As you know, you taught all of us far more than we taught you. It was such an honor and a privilege to have you serving at Susan G. Komen Northwest Ohio. And certainly Charles Boyk is very lucky to have you on his team now. Well, that's very kind of you, Mary. <laughs> So I know we're right at the end of October, but October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I thought it would be great to chat with you about what's going on in the fight against breast cancer and what's happening with the Susan G. Komen organization. Absolutely. Well, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is a time when we really do have people become more aware of the very real needs for breast cancer patients and those battling metastatic disease. So it's a time when we really just celebrate our survivors. We try and make sure that we are recognizing that the disease has not gone away. Even during this pandemic, people keep asking me, so do you think that we're seeing more breast cancer, less breast cancer? Mm -hmm. I don't think we're seeing more, but what we are finding is that women are not going to get their mammograms as frequently. Sure, that so makes sense. So we've seen a little bit of an increase. And in addition to that, Desmond, women and men are losing their jobs and their insurance. So their need for our services is just that much greater you know, most people, I do think, uh, should be aware that Komen is very committed to raising dollars to support patient navigation and to support treatment assistance programs right here locally, as well as to fund research to help find those cures for breast cancer. So mm -hmm. during this very, very stressful time with the pandemic, this is a time when we really can step up and help breast cancer survivors. Mm -hmm. And during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're glad to have the additional visibility. And, you know, you raised such an interesting point. Uh, so many people know the Susan G. Komen organization from events like events like mm -hmm. Race for the Cure. And, you know, that's a really wonderful time in the community, but that's only one week, really, or one day. Well, you know, what a great point. So often people, when I say I work for Susan G. Komen, they kind of look at me and then if I say Race for the Cure, they get that big those big eyes and say, oh, yeah, now I know. The Race for the Cure has such wonderful high visibility and spectacular community support. We're very <laughs> grateful for that. But that is just one avenue through which we raise dollars to save lives in that fight against breast cancer. 
the month of October is actually a wonderful time where we have many of our partners and friends do special third-party events or host Mm -hmm. a special evening in honor of a breast cancer survivor, and they give fundraising dollars back to our local affiliate. And that's been a wonderful way for us to continue to build relationships, to raise dollars that really make a very direct impact. Certainly, I know from my time at Coleman, those dollars really do make an impact because, Mary, as you mentioned earlier, the the money that's raised is not just going to research, although we know that research is probably the most important part of the long-term bet that Komen is making in this fight against breast cancer. But what we also have to recognize is that women are fighting breast cancer today and will be fighting breast cancer tomorrow and will be fighting it every day until those cures are found. So it's so important to make sure that we have local resources like the ones that Komen provides mm-hmm. to make sure that women have, and men, have those resources. And it's not just a mammogram. That's another thing that I think so many people in the community don't understand that, yes, the mammograms is where I think most breast cancer organizations started their journeys. Now Komen does so much more. Can you elaborate on that? Absolutely. I will share with you that certainly the mammograms are a very important part of what we can deliver. But most importantly, I think that people should be aware that we also provide support for patient assistance. And that might be someone who needs help with transportation to the doctor's office, someone who needs help with their utilities or their rent payment for a period of time because they can't work due to their breast cancer, somebody who needs help with child care, uh, those sorts of things, even people who may need help with groceries. So that patient assistance fund is very, very necessary to help people through their crisis of breast cancer. The other thing that we absolutely do is we advocate public policy. We advocate at the the local, state, and federal level. And we do that by actually talking to our legislators about things related to like drug oral parity and things related to making sure that we are funding our breast cancer programs. So we definitely find that there's lots of ways that we can support breast cancer patients right here in our local area. And we're very grateful for our partners who support us so that we in turn can support local partners. Absolutely. Coleman's advocacy work continues to impress me. You mentioned oral parity. And now if I remember... The issue there is that many insurance providers do not consider orally administered chemotherapy in the same way they do IV administered chemotherapy. What is the benefit of chemotherapy in a pill form rather than through an IV? You know, Desmond, I would say that I do think there are huge benefits to patients if they're able to take the oral medications, and especially if they live in a rural community, because those patients don't have to find transportation in over a long journey. And when you're so sick, those hour-long drives or Mm two-hour-long drives can be very challenging. It would be interesting to really do an analysis, and I'm sure they've been done, but I haven't read the reports, about the cost variance. Because certainly, by doing the oral drug, you don't have to be taking up space in a hospital. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be taking up a hospital staff time. So I would say that while the costs are something to be explored, I would think that it would still be something that would be very beneficial when you think about mm-hmm. what happens for the patient's well-being yes. and how you are able to stay in your own home, in your own space, and still have the benefit of your chemotherapy medication without the uh, need to be in another facility, especially during this pandemic, I was right? just going to say that. You know, they think about uh, someone who's taking chemotherapy their immune systems are the most vulnerable probably of anybody else. So the idea that you're you know, asking people to go to a medical center where there are COVID patients, you could be, you could be threatening people's lives. It's very true. And you know, Desmond, we certainly know that our medical friends here in the 
Northwest Ohio area do a wonderful job of protecting all their patients, and they really do minimize risk and prevent risk. But that doesn't mean that there's uh, can't be something unexpected that happens. As you know, our Race for the Cure this year went virtual. Yes. And the primary reason for that was to protect our breast cancer survivors and those living with metastatic breast cancer mm-hmm. because they do have compromised immune systems. We didn't want to do anything that put those women and men at risk because our job is to protect them and to help them find the path forward. So this year we went virtual. Let's all hope that it's all behind us in 2021 mm-hmm. and we can have our race for the cure in person. Oh, well, I certainly hope so. And, uh, you know, it was it was fun to get to walk in my own neighborhood for the race for the cure this year. Uh, I think the, uh, the hashtag was race where you are. So we certainly did that. But to be able to go back downtown to see all of those people coming together to support this cause would be just so wonderful, and so I hope wonderful. that hope we can get back to that next year. As well, I do. So, Mary, I understand there are some pretty big changes happening across the Komen network. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening? Absolutely, Desmond. You know, the current economic crisis that we're facing and the pandemic mm-hmm. has caused challenges for every type of business. We've seen every corporation, big and small, have to make adjustments, and Komen is really no different. Absolutely. We are absolutely seeing some things that are shifting in our space as it is shifting in all nonprofit space. And we are being very proactive to address those things. I'm really very proud of what I'm seeing Komen doing. We're maximizing all of our opportunities to become more efficient by becoming a more centralized organization. And what that means is we will still be very present right here in Northwest Ohio, but that we will not have as much duplication of services through our network. We will be much more streamlined. And we are feeling like it's definitely moving in the right direction because during a time when revenue is down because of the Mm -hmm. pandemic, we are trying very hard to maintain an opportunity to provide direct help to our breast cancer survivors and those living with metastatic breast cancer. So we're finding ways to become more efficient. That's absolutely wonderful. And I think, you know, um, I remember even at the start of the pandemic, there was so much talk about how how many nonprofits in particular were going to be put at risk by the, you know, the what was predicted to be the eventual economic downturn that we are seeing to a certain extent right now. And I do agree that it's been wonderful to see how Komen has shifted, really pivoted quickly to make sure that it is in a position to care for breast cancer patients to the best of its ability. Absolutely. You know, Desmond, I want to be very clear that our mission is still the same. It's to discover the cures for breast cancer for the future and to meet the most critical needs of our community today. That has not changed. Mm -hmm. That will not change. We are just putting ourselves in the best position to be a unified, patient-centered future, and we are very optimistic about what that will be. Well, I think you know, putting patients at the center can never be a bad thing, so I certainly look forward to seeing how uh, everything continues to change with that. And if I understand correctly, you also have a new position. Thanks, Desmond. Yes, I am serving as the state executive director for both Ohio and Michigan, And again, I'm very excited about that opportunity. I believe it really will provide the opportunity for me to reach a little bit farther and have some new partners and to help our organization continue to raise very important dollars to save lives in the fight against breast cancer. Well, they are certainly very happy. They're very lucky to have you and your incredible leadership guiding both of these states. And I'm sure we will see uh, see wonderful things going on with that. So, Mary, tell me a little bit about how people who want to get involved in the fight against breast cancer, how can they do so? So first of all, and most importantly, our breast cancer survivors can reach out to us through the Komen website, or they can give us a call and we'll provide direct support to them. 
And if people are interested in helping us as a volunteer, the same holds true. We always use volunteer help, especially around the race for the cure time. And if people are interested in helping us with some kind of a special event, go to our website or give us a call, and we will be absolutely happy to help you find the path forward with it, whatever you desire to do. It's wonderful. It's lovely to leave the uh, the door so open, and there are so many ways that people can help. And certainly, the number one thing that I always used to say when uh, people asked how they could get involved with uh, the fight against breast cancer is to donate and fundraise. You know, Desmond, the most important thing, of course, there, and uh, glad you're clarifying that <laughs> because that certainly is the most important way because that's how we do fund research that mm-hmm. does provide cutting edge um, opportunities for saving lives. And that's also how we fund programs that allow us to support men and women battling breast cancer. And it is truly amazing how Coleman has been at the center of almost every breakthrough in breast cancer and also how those breakthroughs have then affected other cancers. So it's not only, you know, a a donation to Coleman feels very specific, but the ripples can be felt through almost every different type of cancer treatment. Absolutely. As you know, from your time with us, the dollars that are put to research for Komen oftentimes do touch other cancers as well. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's a very widespread support. When you support Komen, you are saving lives in the fight against breast cancer, but you may also be saving lives in the fight against other cancers. It's, uh, it's, it's such an easy, it's an easy thing. Who, who could say no? Who could say no? Everyone should say yes. I certainly hope everyone does and continues to do so even after Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You know, Mary, I'd I'd actually like to take a step back if we can and really look at what Susan G. Komen does on a a broader scale. I know people oftentimes have various understandings of what it is that the organization does, but I'd love to hear from you kind of a, a broader picture on what that is and how Komen impacts communities across the country. Great question, Desmond. Well, we've talked a lot about research, as you know, and research helps us find the cures for breast cancer. And it, it does increase access to clinical care as well. We're very, very mm-hmm. focused on clinical trials. And that is something else that happens through our research area. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Additionally, we improve access to quality breast health services by funding patient navigators. And we consider that our care area. Can you tell me what is a, what is a patient navigator? So a patient navigator is someone who works with a patient that's suffering from breast cancer Mm -hmm. and helps them find their way through the medical community and through their medical treatments. Mm. Oftentimes it's hard to make all of the connections between all the different therapies and a patient navigator helps you find the path forward so that if you're struggling enough with battling your breast cancer, the patient navigator can help to make sure that you have the right doctors, that you have Mm -hmm. the right uh, chemotherapy access, that you've got the right medications, you've got the right food access. And so they just make sure that all of the appropriate community connections are in place so that you can continue in the continuum of care and make sure that you're safe. Thank you so much for explaining that. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that we're very proud of is that we have a very strong community focus committed to eliminating disparities in breast cancer, focused on the cures and the outcomes by addressing gaps in access. So very important to us. Absolutely. And then we also talked about action a little bit, our commitment to advocate at the local, state, and federal level for research. So Komen really does focus on four areas when we think of impact. That's research, care, community, and action. Truly what seems to set Komen apart is that fully comprehensive look at breast cancer. The goal seems to be to leave no stone unturned in the search for the cures 
and also to eliminate any barrier that might prevent a breast cancer patient from accessing the care that they need, be that transportation, child care, access to food support, or being uninsured and feeling completely overwhelmed by the magnitude of a diagnosis like this. I believe that to be 100% true, Desmond. And I think with the change in our organization, we will be even better positioned to help those people who are living in remote areas and maybe can't access their care. So Mm -hmm. we really do feel that we are very dedicated and committed to helping everyone who's facing breast cancer find a path forward and have the resources Mm -hmm. and access to care needed to thrive. Mary, you mentioned access to care and overcoming some of the disparities that exist in the community. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and who might be facing those disparities? Well, certainly we know that our African-American women are at great risk because they get diagnosed later than white women do. And Mm -hmm. as a result, they tend to be diagnosed at a more high-risk level of breast cancer. Right. So we know that we have to do better. We have to make sure that our African-American friends are getting the access they need to the care so that they can get their early diagnosis so that we can find the path forward for them. We know that early diagnosis is what saves life. You know, circling back to uh, what you said about how mammograms still are so important because they provide your earliest look, mm-hmm. catching it at a stage zero, which is teeny tiny little clumps of cells that still represent a really big problem, but catching it there makes it so much easier to treat. Absolutely does. It doesn't guarantee what the future outcome will be, mm-hmm. but that's catching at that earliest possible stage does provide the opportunity for a much better outcome. And so that is very important, no matter what race you are. Absolutely. So Mary, I wonder if you'd be open to shifting gears a little bit right now and talking more about you. It's always fascinating to hear about people's journeys and how they find themselves where they are today. Sound good? Sure. I love it. All right. So let's start with university. Where did you go to school? I went to Bowling Green State University, and I studied journalism with a focus in public relations. Uh Aha, that's right. I forgot that you and I both have uh, public relations backgrounds, and and look at us now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It worked out fine for me. And it certainly uh, seems to uh, be working out fine for me, too. Uh, Let's keep our fingers crossed that it continues that way. (laughs) You have a lot of years in front of you, though. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things can happen. Uh, So after you uh, completed your education at Bowling Green, then where uh, where did you go? So, you know, I was fortunate. I came back to my hometown in the Toledo area, and I started working at, then it was the Toledo Hospital. And I got an entry-level public relations position, and I absolutely loved being in the healthcare setting. There was something very engaging about it. Mm -hmm. There was, every day was different. Yes, It was exciting to learn so much about the medical field. I loved being able to step into surgery suites because I was doing a story on Mm -hmm. something or to work all night seeing what happens on the night shift. So it was a very exciting time for me. And then I was fortunate to get the opportunity to move over to Flower Hospital. It was all before it was all part of ProMedica. It was Mm -hmm. a standalone facility then. Okay. And I was director of public relations there. But with my big ideas, I Uh always thought I would be some big vice president of marketing. So from there, I went down to work in Dallas, Texas Uh in a 100% commission position doing direct sales. And that was a wild experience. I was in my late 20s. Wonderful life experience. I will share that. And something that I would never trade. 
But what ended up happening is I wound up over the long run back in Toledo. I met my husband, mm-hmm. and that brought me more contentment with staying right here at home. And Absolutely. I wouldn't trade that for anything. So when I met my husband, I was still in the communications industry. And I spent some time then, you know, start getting ready to raise my family. Right. right. So I had my family, and I kind of pulled away from the workforce a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I got very involved with Junior League, which was yes. just such a wonderful life experience. It was a great way to give back to the community, mm-hmm. and it was a great way to to serve others. I had the opportunity and privilege to serve as president of the Junior League in 95 and 96. I know that sounds like yes. a million years ago. And um, then I opened up my own small consulting public relations firm until mm-hmm. my kids were grown. And I went back to work doing some part-time things at the site center. And absolutely, uh, that was a great experience because by then, I will share with you, it was very important if you're going to be in the PR area mm-hmm. that you, in the nonprofit industry, that you have some fundraising skills because we all need to raise money in the nonprofit area. So absolutely. that's where I kind of got my fundraising experience. I was working with a fellow called John Davies, who's a oh, dear yes. friend, just love him. He taught me everything he knows. Then I had the opportunity to come to Komen. So been with Komen for 13 years. Wow, It's been an honor and a privilege to serve. I have absolutely loved my time with Komen, Mm -hmm. and I really feel like I've made a big difference in terms of giving back to the community Mm -hmm. and giving back to women and men battling breast cancer. So, I mean, it's been a fun career. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And there's life is... Um, everything happens for a reason, Desmond. You know, that's yes. my philosophy. So mm-hmm. I believe I've landed exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mary, I so appreciate you sharing about your career and uh, your journey thus far. Now, do I recall that there's a kind of fun story about how you and your husband, Bob, met? Well, I don't know if it'll be fun for your listeners, but it certainly was fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came back to Toledo, I was trying to figure out what my next steps would be. Mm-hmm. And I actually moved home for a period of time with my parents. So that was an interesting time. I was 30 and moved home. And um, I one day came home from work and my mom actually had set up um, a little scheme with my girlfriends. Oh, no. And off we all were going. They were all waiting for me to go out to the first bachelor bid here in the Toledo market. Bachelor bid? Bachelor bid. So people probably don't even know what that is. It was the cystic fibrosis bachelor okay. bid. It was an event where men came to be auctioned. And so women came and bid on the men. And so when Bob came out, he was the fourth one oh my. to come up out of like 30 men. Mm-hmm. And when he came out, I said, he's kind of cute. And somebody behind me leaned forward and said, he's the best buy in the bunch. So oh. Went, oh. So there I went. I bid on him. I got him. And when we were, what happened was the bachelors then would take you on a date ah, at another got it. point in time. So I was paying for the bachelor bed, and Bob says to me, hey, Mary, I have a family wedding to go to. That's why I'm so early in the auction. He said, so would you like to join me? And I said, oh. What? I could never join you. My friends would never understand. He said, okay. He said, well, let me meet your friends before I go. I said, fine. Uh So I went over, introduced him to my friends, 
And they, you know, Bob says, I've got a family wedding to go. I've invited Mary to come with me. But she says she would never understand. What did my dear friends say? Oh, my God. My friends are like, go, go. I can just remember thinking, Desmond, oh, my God, I hope they've checked these guys out. Right. Right? So we then um, met a meeting point with my friends. And I actually went to the wedding with Bob, met his whole family that night. And it was, it's all she wrote. From there on forward, we were engaged in three months. What? And now it's 30 years later. Well, congratulations on 30 years. That is quite an accomplishment. It was fun. It's been a fun story and a fun journey, and I count my blessings. Well, Mary, thank you so much for coming in to to chat with me and uh, reminisce about some of our times at Komen and also share about uh, your background. I so appreciate uh, your time. Desmond, thank you for having me. And such an important time during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I just want to make sure we're encouraging all of your listeners to think about getting their mammogram scheduled. Make sure they're taking good care of themselves. If they see any changes in their breast, make sure they're talking to their medical professional. Please remember that men can get breast cancer while much less frequently than women. It can happen. And also know that Breast Cancer Awareness Month is a wonderful time to remember a friend or family member who has battled breast cancer in their life. So reach out to someone you care about and let them know how important they are to you. Always feel free to do a fundraiser or to Mm -hmm. make a donation. We'd love that. And most importantly, please know that it's been an honor and a privilege to be here today. Well, thank you so much. And I certainly look forward to continuing to support uh, Susan G. Komen personally and hopefully throughout my professional career. I know this will be an organization that remains close to my heart. So so thank you very much. And thank you, Desmond. Tune in next week for another episode of The Boyk Brief, where we discuss issues of life and law.